This Life Sciences lesson is brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education. My name is Kogi Govinda and I'm going to teach you on the human reproduction in the life science subject in grade 12. We will cover the structure of the male reproductive system, the structure of the female reproductive system, puberty and gametogenesis in the first lesson. Now boys and girls, what can help you is if you could get your textbook or any material where you have the diagrams of the male reproductive system, the female reproductive system and diagrams of reproduction so that I could talk you through them. So let's start off with the first part that is the structure of the male reproductive system, okay? Now the male reproductive system, boys and girls, are made up of a few organs. Remember, a system is made up of organs and the organs of the male reproductive system are these. We have the testes, the scrotum, the epididymis, the vas deferens, the ejaculatory duct, the urethra which is found in the penis. So I'm going to take you through each organ and talk a little bit about the structure. And when I mention the organ, I'd like for you to identify that organ in your diagram so I can tell you a little bit more about each one. Okay, let's talk about the testes first, right? The testes is actually a plural for the testis. So one testis and two testes. So you do know that a male has two testes and these testes are situated inside sacs called the scrotum. So let's talk about the testis first that is found inside the scrotum. Right, now there are two functions of the testis. One is it is like a gland. Actually it is a gland because it secretes a hormone, the male hormone called testosterone. Know how to spell this word. It's a big word, but the spelling of the word is important. You have to have respect for the subject. So spell the word correctly in your paper. So the, the word is testosterone. It is a hormone. It's secreted by the testis. The second function of the testis is the production of the male gamete. So the male gamete in the human is a sperm. So the testis is going to produce the male gamete, which is the sperm. So quick recap, the testis has two functions. One, it produces the hormone called testosterone. And the second function is it is responsible for making or producing the male gametes, which we are going to talk about in a little detail later on. The second structure, which is the scrotum, which I've already mentioned before. The scrotum, boys and girls, is a sac in which the testis is located or found. And this sac, boys and girls, is found outside of the body of the male. Remember, the testis is found inside it. That means the testis is found outside the body of the male. Now, why is it positioned in that way. You would understand because the testis is producing gametes, that testis needs a temperature which is about two to three degrees lower than human body temperature in order for it to produce those gametes. So the function of the scrotum is therefore to allow this testis to hang outside of the male body in order for it to produce gametes that are healthy, 
and viable. Now, if the gametes were produced in the testes, which was inside the human body and not hanging outside, that means that the process will not occur properly or the gametes will be unhealthy and they will not be good gametes, will not be able to take part in reproduction. So that is the function of the scrotum, to keep the testes at a at two to three degrees below body temperature in order for there to be healthy sperms to be produced. Now the next part, and look at your diagram again, you'd find that on the testes is a very coiled structure and that is called the epididymis. Even this word, boys and girls, looks like a long word, but break it up and understand how to write the word properly, get the spelling right. So epididymis is found on the testes and it's a coiled structure and what is its function? Its function is to allow the sperms to be stored there temporarily, not permanently, to allow the sperms to be stored there temporarily so they can get matured a little bit and then they will go up into the vas deferens which is the next structure, the next organ in the male reproductive system. So from the epididymis, look at your diagram again, find the vas deferens. Sometimes some textbooks call it the sperm duct which is not incorrect it is correct it is a sperm duct because that's what its function is it's going to carry sperms from the epididymis and go up the diagram which is going into the body of the male and it's going to take the sperms to the ejaculatory duct just before the urethra so now the function of the vas deferens the vas deferens are are little tubes right and they are leading from the epididymis going up into the body now and it's going to go towards the ejaculatory duct. So the vas deferens function is to carry the sperms up into the body and towards the ejaculatory duct. So how is it adapted to do that job? One, it has a lining on the inside of it and that lining is actually ciliated columnar epithelium. You would remember this epithelium that you learned in grade 10. The cilia would move and actually help to move the sperms up into the vas deferens up towards the ejaculatory duct. And secondly, the vas deferens is muscular. So the peristaltic action of the vas deferens can also move the sperms up towards the ejaculatory duct. And of course, you also know that the sperm can swim. So the sperm will also swim upwards in the semen fluid towards the ejaculatory duct. Now the word ejaculatory duct, which is the, the next part of the reproductive system in the male, ejaculatory duct as it is mentioned or as the word is, is a duct that's going to cause ejaculation. So what happens is because this ejaculatory duct is muscular, much more muscular than the vas deferens, then the contractions of the ejaculatory duct will actually allow the release of the sperms through the urethra and out of the male, male's body out of the penis. So the ejaculatory duct is what uh, is going to actually contract and cause the semen to be released out of the male's urethra. Then the urethra, now follow your diagram and look at the uh, urethra. The urethra is a passage that is found inside of the penis, which is the male organ, right? Now the urethra has 
a dual function and you know that if you look at your diagram carefully you'd see that the urethra is actually linked to the bladder as well and you know this from grade 11 that the uh, the urethra is a structure or the of the tube that passes out the urine from the male but the urethra is also going to pass out the semen from the male now, I've used the word semen. I'm going to explain this word semen a little later on. But you know, the semen has the sperms in it and there's a whole lot of other fluids that's making up the semen. So altogether, that fluid is called the semen with the sperms and the fluid. We'll talk about the fluid a little later. But the urethra is going to pass out the urine and the semen. So it has two functions. But those two functions never happen at the same time. So when the male is urinating, the urethra will help it to do that. And when the male is passing out semen, the urethra will be the passageway uh, for that to pass through, but never happens at the same time. Then the last structure of the male reproductive system is the penis. And you know that the penis is an organ that is going to allow for the sperms to be placed into the female's body for internal fertilization to occur. So that's the function of the penis. Now, look again at the diagram, you would have noticed that I left out three labels. And if you have, if it's your study guide, you can actually highlight these ones. They are different because they are called accessory glands. Now, these accessory glands are glands that are found on the reproductive system and they help the reproductive system to do its functions. So what are these glands? These glands are A, the seminal vesicle. Find that in your diagram. Seminal vesicle, seminal vesicle, however you pronounce it, know how to spell it correctly, right? The second one is the prostate gland. Prostate gland, find that in your diagram. We're going to talk about that just now. And the third one is the cowper's gland. Okay, let's talk about these glands. Now, these glands, they call glands because they secrete something, right? And they're going to help in reproduction. And they're going to produce fluids that are going to be part of the semen. And the first one, the seminal vesicle. Now, boys and girls, I just want to tell you also, you don't find these functions very clearly in the textbook. And I advise you, if you can, take notes. Take notes, especially on these glands, because uh, even the study guides don't give them very clearly or the textbook. So listen, right? The first one is a seminal vesicle. Now, S for seminal vesicle, S for sugar. So this seminal vesicle is going to produce a fluid rich in a sugary substance, which is called fructose. It's going to produce a fluid rich in a sugary substance, which is called fructose. Why? to nourish the sperms. The sugary substance is going to help to nourish the sperms and to promote the motility of the sperms. That means to help the sperms to move. So the sugary substance is going to give nourishment to the sperms and help the sperms to move, promote motility, motility of the sperms. The next accessory gland is the prostate gland. Now the prostate gland is... You know, you can see it's after the seminal vesicle. It's also after the ejaculatory duct in your diagram, right? Now, it secretes an alkaline fluid. An alkaline fluid. Why would it secrete an alkaline fluid? It's going to neutralize something, right? Something which is acidic. Yes. Now, the vagina wall of the female is acidic. So, the the uh, prostate gland is going to secrete an alkaline fluid and to neutralize the acidity of the vagina and 
to increase the motility of the sperms as well. So let's go over that again. The prostate gland secretes an alkaline fluid to neutralize the acidity of the vagina and increase also the motility of the sperm. You got that, right? The third accessory gland is the corpus gland. Now, the corpus gland, look at your diagram, you can see it's actually uh, positioned on either side. There's two of them on either side of the urethra, right? Now, it also secretes an alkaline substance, boys and girls. And again, why? To, to neutralize something that's acidic. So what will it neutralize? It's going to neutralize the acidity of the of the urethra. Now remember the urethra of the male, the urine is passing through there and therefore the urethra will be acidic. So the corpus gland secretion is going to neutralize the acidity of the urethra and also to lubricate the urethra so that the sperms can pass through easily. Now boys and girls, these three glands secrete fluids, the seminal vesicle, the prostate gland, the corpus gland, the fluids of these glands together with the sperms makes up the semen. So the semen is not only sperms, it's sperms and these fluids. Now let's go a little bit into the testes. I want to talk a little bit about the testes and discuss further, right? Again, go back to the diagram, find the testes. And if you can find a longitudinal section through the testes, it would be great. Because a longitudinal section through the testes will show you a little bit more about the testes because the testes is a very important organ. Now, let's look at the longitudinal structure diagram that you have in your textbook. And this testes inside it, you'd find a few like spaces or lobes or partitions. And inside there, you'd find coiled tubes. Now, these coiled tubes are called semini ferrous tubules, seminiferous tubules. Again, a big word, boys and girls. Know how to spell it. Write it down. Seminiferous tubules. Now, this coiled semini, why is it coiled? Because it's so long, it needs to fit inside those lobes in the testes. That is why it's so coiled. It's a long structure. And uh, inside the seminiferous tubules, the sperms are produced. So sperms are produced inside the seminiferous tubules and you have to know it like that. So they would ask you in the exam, where are sperms produced? You would say in the seminiferous tubules of the testis. Right now, I want to take you through uh, spermatogenesis. Now, I mentioned earlier on that I'm going to do gametogenesis. Now, what does this big word mean? Gametogenesis, look at the word. Gametogenesis got to do with gametes, genesis, production. So the production of gametes. Now, gametogenesis have there's two parts to it, right? The first part is um, because there's two gametes, right? The male gametes is sperms. So the process of forming male gametes is spermatogenesis. Sperm, male gametes, genesis, production of. Now, spermatogenesis, again, it's the production of sperms. Now, boys and girls, textbooks and study guides will give elaborate discussions on how to discuss spermatogenesis. Now, for the exams, boys and girls, you don't really need to know all that elaboration. Listen to me and 
understand that this is what you have to say. So under spermatogenesis, there's three points really, but what you're saying in the three points is extremely important. The first point you would say that under the influence of the testosterone hormone, remember the male hormone, the testosterone hormone. So under the influence of the testosterone hormone, you get a tick for that. Diploid cells in the seminiferous tubules will undergo meiosis. Now, diploid cells, if you don't say diploid cells, boys and girls, you're not going to get it right. So the diploid cells are actually the germinal epithelium, which is found inside the seminiferous tubule, lining the seminiferous tubules. These diploid cells are going to undergo meiosis, a section that you've already done. So you get a tick for that only if you say diploid cells in the seminiferous tubules undergo meiosis. You got that, right? The third point is because of that process, this will form haploid sperm cells. If you do not say haploid sperm cells, boys and girls, you're not going to get it right. You can't just say form sperm cells. You have to say haploid sperm cells. You must say diploid cells in the seminiferous tubules undergo meiosis to form haploid sperm cells. That will give you your five marks for this part. Now, boys and girls, that was spermatogenesis, right? And now, still sticking with the male reproductive system, I want to take you through the diagram of the sperm. Now, the diagram of the sperm is an important diagram. You actually should learn how to draw that. So, I'm going to teach you about the parts of the sperm. Find that diagram. And as I'm teaching you, I'd like you to draw. So, draw with me as I mentioned them, right? Look at one diagram and draw with me. Now, if you see, if you look at the diagram, boys and girls, you'd find that it has three parts. It's got the head, a middle piece, also called the neck, and it has the tail, right? Now, that head has two parts to it. One is the acrosome. Acrosome, get that right. Now, the acrosome is right at the tip of the head of the sperm. And then inside that head, it also has towards the middle part of the head, it has the nucleus. Now, let's talk a little bit about the acrosome. The acrosome is a little sac found right at the tip of the sperm and it has enzymes in it. Now, these enzymes are important because these enzymes are are going to digest the membrane of the egg or to help the sperm to enter the egg. So the right at the beginning, the acrosome is going to release the enzymes and is going to help to digest the, the wall of the egg so that the sperm can enter the egg, right? Then the nucleus. The nucleus has 23 chromosomes. Remember, uh, after meiosis, then the chromosome number is halved. So this sperm cell has half the number of chromosomes as the normal body cells of a human. So it will have 23 chromosomes in it. And those 23 chromosomes are going to play a role in fertilization. Got that? So 23 chromosomes of the nucleus are going to play a role in fertilization when the sperm and the egg fuses. Now, that's the head. Let's go to the middle piece. Now, the middle piece is a very important part of the sperm, boys and girls. In here, you have lots of mitochondria. Now, all cells are mitochondria, right? What does the mitochondria do? The mitochondria undergoes cellular respiration and the mitochondria helps to produce energy. So that energy will help the cell to do whatever work it has to do. Here, the work is to allow and help the sperm to swim. 
and just to swim up the vas deferens through the ejaculatory duct, through the urethra and into the female organ and of course swim even there. But it needs a lot of energy. So therefore a lot of mitochondria are found in the middle piece, the neck of the sperm to give it that energy for it to move. And then lastly, the tail. The tail is there to propel the sperm forward, to help the sperm to swim. So it's a, a little structure that will help the sperm to move in the fluid of the semen. Now, boys and girls, this has come out in exams in so many different ways. You find it in the essay for about five to six marks. You'd find it as a paragraph questions in section B. So you need to know the sperms. Don't think that it's a, a small part and it's in, irrelevant. It's actually very relevant. Know it well. Know the parts well. Know the functions well. Know how the sperm is suited for its function. As I've mentioned earlier, all the parts and all its functions know how to say that in the exam. The last part of the male reproduction is puberty. Now, we mentioned that the male hormone is the testosterone. Can you remember which part of the male reproductive system secretes the testosterone? Yes, boys and girls, that is right. It's the testis, right, or the testes. Now, that is also going to help the male uh, to reach puberty. And puberty is accompanied by a few characteristics. So what are they? One, growth of hair around the scrotum, growth of hair in the armpits, growth of hair on the face, lowering of the voice, muscle development, and broadening of the shoulders. Now, boys and girls, even this seems, oh, would that come out in the exam? Yes, boys and girls, go look at the past year papers. This has come out in the exams as well. As simple as it seems, don't lose your marks. You can get your marks here. The puberty is accompanied uh, by these characteristics in the males. So know them, right? I'll mention them again. The growth of hair around the scrotum, growth of hair in the armpits, growth of hair on the face, lowering of the voice in the, in the male, muscle development and broadening of the shoulders. That brings us now to the next part, which I'm going to elaborate on, which is the female reproductive system in humans. So boys and girls, we're going to actually stay here for a long while because everything else in reproduction happens in the female, female parts, right? Let's talk about the reproductive system first. Again, the reproductive system of the female is made up of organs and each organ in the reproductive system of the female has specific functions that you must know in detail. The first organ is called the ovary. Now, I'd like you and advise you to please find the diagram of the female reproductive system. Turn over the page if you have to and look at that. Familiarize yourself with that diagram, right? We're going to revise these parts again. You must have learned them already, but we're going to take you through them in detail. So the ovary is the first one. And you find that there's two ovaries in the female reproductive system, right? Now, what is the function of the of the ovaries in the female reproductive system. Um, just like the testis, the ovary also secretes hormones. So one of the functions of the ovary is it secretes female hormones. And there are two hormones that it secretes, right? One is called the estrogen. The spelling of estrogen is also important. And the other hormone that the ovary produces is progesterone. So estrogen 
and progesterone, right? And the second function of the ovary, boys and girls, it, it, it produces the female gametes, right? The female gametes, which is called the ovum. The plural is ova, which some uh, textbooks also call it as the egg, which is the, actually the egg, right? So uh, ovary produces the ova, or the female gamete. Now, next to the ovaries, you'd see a tube on either side, right? One on the left side and one on the right side. Now, these tubes are called fallopian tubes. Fallopian tubes has a double L, right? Another word for the fallopian tube is the oviduct. In other words, it's an egg tube because the egg is going to travel there. So the, the egg or the ovum is produced in the ovary. The egg will be released from the ovary into the fallopian tube. And if you look carefully at your diagram, you would see that the uh, fallopian tube has got uh, like a funnel, the funnel funnel part of the oviduct, the initial part of the, ovi the oviduct is actually covering partially the ovary. So that the egg will go into the oviduct and it would not get lost, right? So the uh, the funnel part of the ovary, uh, oviduct, sorry, is going to receive the egg. So the egg will travel uh, down the fallopian tube and go into the uterus. Now the uterus is the third part of the uh, female reproductive system. And the uterus, boys and girls, is a muscular organ. Now look at your diagram, you'd see it's a muscular organ. So that wall of the, of the uterus is muscular and you, you know why. Because the, uh, when a lady is pregnant, this uh, part of the female reproductive system is where the fetus is going to actually be housed and is going to grow in there for nine months. So it needs to be a muscular organ to hold that fetus for that nine-month period. Then, boys and girls, look carefully at the inside lining of the uterus, which is also called the womb. The lining of the uterus is called the endometrium endometrium. Boys and girls, that's a very, very important lining. So that endometrium, boys and girls, as soon as a female reaches puberty, that endometrium actually has to get prepared for a pregnancy, for a, a, a fertilized egg. So that endometrium is an important part of the uterus. So take a good look at it. Remember that word. It's the lining of the uterus. It's called the endometrium. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. That endometrium, for now, you, you must understand that it is vascular. Now, the word vascular means it's, um, it's accompanied by blood vessels. So it's richly supplied with blood vessels, right? And so uh, later on, you'll see how it becomes more vascular and we'll tell you how. Look carefully again at the uterus and go down the uterus. You'll find the uterus actually narrows to form, um, you know, the cervix. So the cervix is actually the neck of the uterus. Um, it's the entry of the uterus. That cervix um, when um, a lady is uh, pregnant, that cervix is actually blocked by a mucus plug so that no entry of anything can enter and that fetus that is growing in there can be protected. So that opening of that cervix get closed actually when a lady is pregnant. So that cervix is actually the neck of the uterus and going down the diagram, the last part 
of the um, female reproductive system, the last organ is the vagina. Now, the vagina, boys and girls, has two roles to play, right? The first role is that the penis is placed there and it's going to receive, therefore, the sperms from the male and uh, so that internal fertilization can take place in a uh, female. The second role of the vagina, boys and girls, it is the birth canal. That means that when the fetus is ready to leave the uterus or the womb, that fetus is actually going to go through this passageway to come out into the world. So this is the birth canal. The vagina is the birth canal and it receives the sperms for reproduction. And the opening of the vagina is called the vulva. Okay, that brings me to the end of the structure of the female reproductive system, just mentioning all the organs. But boys and girls, we'll have to also go a little bit into the ovary, just like the way I took you into a, uh, uh, by looking at the longitudinal section of the testes. So I want you now to find a diagram in your textbook that shows you a uh, a cross-section or a longitudinal section, a section through the ovary. And there's three parts of that diagram I actually want to actually uh, to bring your notice to. One is, if you look at this, that, uh, that ovary, that ovary has in it primary follicles. Now, something very interesting, boys and girls, as soon as a female is born, the moment she is born, actually, her body produces these primary follicles. They are actually produced very early in her life. And the number of primary follicles that she has in her ovary are numbered. In other words, she's going to have so many primary follicles and no more throughout her life. That means they would come to a point where these primary follicles, one by one, they would be, uh, they would grow, they will develop and they will be, they will slowly become less and less and eventually finished. And that's when the uh, lady will reach menopause. That means she will become at the age of 45, 50, some people a little later, but between 45 and 50, all the primary follicles have been used up and have been uh, matured into um, uh, or an egg is formed in them. Now, if you look at the diagram, the primary follicle is one of the structures inside it. And the second one is the graphene follicle. So we will talk about how this is formed. But the graphene follicle, boys and girls, is when the primary follicle actually develops and grows during the menstrual cycle, it becomes a graphene follicle. And inside the graphene follicle is where the egg is formed. So the graphene follicle is actually a matured primary follicle. So inside the graphene follicle will be the mature egg. And then boys and girls, the third structure you would find in that, uh, in that ovary is the corpus luteum. Again, boys and girls, it's, I must tell you that the spelling of these words are very, very important. You must spell them properly. Learn to write them well. So the corpus luteum, boys and girls, is another structure that we're going to touch on a little bit in detail later on. But the corpus luteum is the third structure that is of importance in this 
ovary. Just to uh, mention that the follicles, the primary follicle, as it develops into a graphene follicle, it starts to produce the hormone estrogen. Remember I told you that the ovary produces hormones? There's the hormone estrogen and estrogen is produced by the follicles by the follicles boys and girls the follicles produce the estrogen and the estrogen's function is to prepare the endometrium of the uterus for a for a pregnancy for an implantation again i will talk about that later in detail the corpus luteum boys and girls also secretes a hormone it secretes a hormone called progesterone remember i mentioned the ovary produces two hormones the second hormone was progesterone there we go the corpus luteum produces the progesterone um now i want to take you into the um the the process of oogenesis now remember i mentioned the word gametogenesis earlier on when i discussed spermatogenesis in the male testes well now the same process of gametogenesis but because it's taking place in a ovary and because it's going to be producing an egg the process is called oogenesis so gametogenesis class or boys and girls is actually uh, two parts to it spermatogenesis taking place in the testes and oogenesis taking place in the ovary so now let's talk about oogenesis and again i want to stress this whatever i'm going to tell you about oogenesis and the process of oogenesis boys and girls you have to listen to how to write that answer in the exam the textbooks and study guides and other books would give you a lot of information but this is what you have to say under oogenesis very popular paragraph in an essay as well or in a paragraph question so firstly what would you say you'd say under the influence of the fsh Now what is that? That is called the follicle stimulating hormone. Again we will talk about that later on as well, but let me bring that in now. The follicle stimulating hormone boys and girls is secreted by a gland which is attached to the brain and it's called the pituitary gland. Another name for that pituitary gland is the hypophysis. So the hypophysis is going to secrete a hormone called follicle stimulating hormone. Look at the words boys and girls what does it mean follicle stimulating hormone yes it's going to stimulate the follicle it's going to stimulate the development of the follicle so under the influence of the fsh there are diploid cells lining the ovary diploid cells lining the ovary like we had diploid cells in the seminiferous tubules we have diploid cells lining this ovary as well and these diploid cells are going to undergo mitosis first now mitosis means it's going to make more diploid cells so diploid cells in the ovary are going to undergo mitosis that means it's going to make more diploid cells and these diploid cells are going to be forming the follicles so numerous primary follicles are formed in the ovary because the fsh is actually helping the diploid cells in the ovary to undergo mitosis and make all these primary follicles that we mentioned in the ovary so these primary follicles have diploid cells in them they are little bags of cells which are not developed yet and they are in the ovary ready for development so what did i say under the influence of the fsh one tick diploid cells in the ovary undergo mitosis second tick to form many primary follicles third tick one cell inside one follicle 
will, will enlarge. Now, every month, one follicle will actually develop. So we're going to talk about one follicle now. So in one of the primary follicles, one cell is going to is going to start to develop, right? So the follicle is going to be growing and developing and enlarging. And then one cell inside the follicle is going to undergo the process of meiosis. Now, you know what happens in meiosis, boys and girls. One cell in meiosis gives rise to four cells. And what did I say? One cell in the follicle, the primate in the follicle as it's developing under the influence of the FSH is going to undergo meiosis. So one cell is going to give rise to how many cells? Yes, four cells. But boys and girls, of the four cells, only one of the four cells survive. And this is going to be the egg. So the other three cells will actually die and disintegrate. The one cell will become the egg and this forms the mature haploid ovum. So oogenesis is to produce an ovum, an egg, and that's what happened now. So meiosis produced four cells. Of the four cells, one survive, and this is the mature haploid ovum. Don't forget to say haploid ovum, and don't forget to say a diploid cells in the ovary underwent mitosis to produce the follicles. One cell inside the follicle enlarges and undergoes meiosis. Of the four cells, only one survives, and this forms the mature haploid ovum. And the last part of the female reproductive system, boys and girls, is the structure of the ovum. Now, I'm not sure if your textbook has the diagram of the structure of the ovum. It's important that you know the structure and you know how to draw the structure of the ovum. Now, the ovum, like any cell, is surrounded by a membrane. So, you're drawing a diagram on the, uh, on the page, so you draw a membrane, and that's called the egg membrane. Label that egg membrane. Inside the, um, the, the egg membrane will be the cytoplasm. So label all the empty part of inside that cell as the cytoplasm. And then right in the middle of that uh, cytoplasm, put the nucleus. And the nucleus has 23 chromosomes. So the egg membrane is to protect the egg. The nucleus carries the 23 chromosomes because of meiosis the chromosome number is halved and these 23 chromosomes are going to play a role in fertilization when it meets the sperm's 23 chromosomes and the last part boys and girls is the jelly-like substance which is found around the egg membrane so you can just put a squiggly line around the egg membrane that is your your jelly-like substance also to protect the egg, the egg, and remember this jelly-like substance. Actually, these are the remaining cells that came out from the follicle as well. So it's protecting the egg. I should have mentioned there's actually one more part, and that is the puberty. Okay, the puberty of the uh, female. Remember, the female also undergoes puberty, and puberty of the female controlled by the female hormones. Uh, when the female reaches sexual maturity, um, is accompanied by these characteristics. Again, important. Learn, for, leave nothing out for the exams. Right? This can also come out. First point should mention what are the characteristics. One, growth of hair around the vagina. Two, growth of hair in the armpits. Three, the increasing in the breast size as the female reaches puberty. And thirdly, fourthly, the onset of menstruation, which we're going to talk in detail about. So remember those four characteristics that is accompanied by puberty in a female. So thank you, uh, boys and girls. My name is Kogi Govinda, and this has been a life science lesson on the 
topic of human reproduction and the structure of male and female reproductive system. That life sciences lesson was brought to you by the KwaZulu-Natal Department of Education.